the name of our God, who was and is and always shall be. Amen. Paul's letters are the oldest Christian documents we have. The first of them was written within 25 years of Jesus' death, and the last may have been written before any of the Gospels. These letters are the largest collection of writings by any one person in the New Testament, so it's not at all surprising that we hear from Paul more Sundays than not during the course of the church year. As important as Paul and his teachings are to the church, though, there's no question that portions of his letters have been misunderstood and frankly misused at times in the process of trying to impose on the modern world lessons Paul intended for the various budding Christian communities he founded over 2,000 years ago. Cultural norms have changed, after all, so there are behaviors that Paul either encouraged or discouraged in the contest of the first-century Mediterranean world that simply aren't applicable today. Still, there's no question in my mind that the heart of today's selection from Paul's letter to the Ephesians is every bit as important in 2021 as it was to the earliest Christian communities. Paul talks about breaking down barriers, refusing to allow differences to keep people apart. Now, I suspect that while that would have been good news for the Ephesians, it may have been a difficult message for Jewish Christians to hear. It's important to remember that the earliest followers of Jesus, the original Christians, if you will, were Jews whose ancestors had worked for generations to keep themselves separate from the nations, that is, all those who were not members of the 12 tribes of Israel, who were therefore not numbered among the chosen people. It had to have been really challenging when they witnessed Jesus eating with tax collectors or having him use a Samaritan as the example of a righteous man in that well-known parable, or having him urge them in the great commandment to make disciples of all nations. This would have run so counter to the way they had always lived. So I suspect human nature being what it is, in those early years, the Christians of Jewish background would have regarded themselves as something of the in crowd, who intentionally or not would have treated Gentile converts like outsiders whom they were being kind enough to let in. After all, consider what Paul says to the Ephesians. He tells them that being Gentiles by birth meant that they were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, had no hope, and were without God in the world. I sensed the point Paul was trying to make with his rather caustic description of the Ephesians' earlier circumstances was how much their situation had changed by virtue of their baptism into, bo- into the body of Christ, the church. Now, he tells them, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Jesus has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between peoples that has existed until now. Since I wasn't there, I honestly don't know how effective Paul or any of the early Christian leaders were at completely breaking down the barriers that would have existed in those early years between formerly Jewish and Gentile Christians. What I do know is that over 2,000 years later, we humans still have a penchant for focusing on our differences much more readily than our similarities. Moreover, once we've pinpointed a difference, we seem to feel the need to establish barriers, literally or figuratively, to keep ourselves separate from those we perceive as different in some way. While it appears that has always been a problem, it seems that lately we've built so many barriers, so many walls, that we've created a maze, a maze in which it seems we've become hopelessly lost. As it happens, I don't like being lost, which is to say no one has ever or will ever 
find me at one of those Halloween corn mazes in which people choose to get lost just for the fun of it. For reasons I can't fully explain, I become unreasonably tense, and I know it's unreasonable even when it's happening, if I make a wrong turn, if I don't know where I am. Just ask poor Nancy Crawford or Kate Beckstrand, who were with me and another woman from Oregon when we got lost in the Jewish quarter of old Jerusalem in 2014. It really took us quite some time to find our way out of there. And once we did find a street that took us outside the city wall, I indicated to the others they were more than welcome to re-enter that maze of tiny crowded walkways to make up, that make up the old city in order to get back to the Damascus Gate, which was the closest to St. George's where we were staying. But I was going to walk around the outside of the wall back to the gate, because at least then I would know where I was. The others kindly agreed to walk with me, even though cutting back through the old city would probably have been the shorter route. I wish I had as straightforward a solution to the societal maze in which we exist today, but I don't. What Paul makes cl very clear, though, is that we are meant to tear down the walls that exist between us, rather than constantly building more of them. In a different letter, Paul spoke of there being neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. So clearly there were multiple distinctions that were problematic in biblical times, just as there are today. However, it seems to me we've become concerned with so many differences that we've trapped ourselves in ever smaller cocoons of similarity in an effort to, I'm not sure, stay safe, maintain our identity, preserve the status quo. If indeed we've each built our own personal security mazes in response to perceived threats of some sort, it would seem that we need to identify what it is about the groups from whom we've separated ourselves that we fear so much. Have we actually experienced harm at their hands or as a result of their presence in our community? Or are our fears rooted in perceptions that we form based on what others have told us rather than actual personal experience? More often than not, I suspect the latter is true. Children, after all, tend to be very open and accepting. So if they're given the opportunity to get to know other children of different skin colors, religious backgrounds, or ethnic origins, without the biases of the adults in their lives coloring those interactions, they tend to do just fine with each other. A story from my own life. Just before I started third grade, our family moved from Pennsylvania to Trenton, New Jersey, where my dad had accepted a call to the Episcopal Cathedral there. It so happened that in those days, Trinity Cathedral was located in a part of Trenton that was very heavily Jewish. As a result, on Jewish holidays in my class, we would decorate the bulletin boards or play games because there were, as I recall, about nine of us Gentiles in school on those days out of a class of 33 students. This didn't seem to pose any problem for us students that I can remember. I really didn't know a whole lot about what my Jewish classmates believed. I just knew the conservative kids went to Hebrew school three afternoons a week while the reform kids went twice, but that was about it. Happily for all of us, the wonderful woman we had as our teacher in fifth and sixth grade picked up on how little we knew about each other's religious traditions. Many of my Jewish classmates had never heard of Joseph and Mary, for example. So before major holidays, Miss Melman started having us take time to share the story behind the holidays we were about to celebrate. In December, we Christians told the Christmas story to our classmates while they filled us in on the significance of Hanukkah. In the spring, we told about Easter while they shared the importance of Passover, and likewise for other holy days throughout the year. As a result of the sharing that took place in that elementary classroom back in the 1950s, I have never given the slightest credence to any of the tropes about Jews being out to take over the world 
or any of the other stories certain groups tend to circulate about them. I had a deeply religious Jewish roommate when I was in grad school, and we had nothing but respect for each other's religious practices. I sincerely believe that my attitude toward Jews, toward Jews throughout my life has been largely shaped by the actions of a wise elementary teacher who thought it was important to help her students understand each other's beliefs. Which brings me back to old Jerusalem. As I replayed that afternoon when we got lost again and again in my mind, I can still feel the extraordinary sense of relief I experienced when I stepped outside the city wall. Finally, I knew where I was and where I needed to go. It's just the opposite, I sense, from the situation we create for ourselves when we attempt to live our lives in those tiny segments of similarity I spoke of earlier. They may be cozy and seemingly comfortable, but we can't see the broader picture because we shut ourselves in so tight. We just spent 15 months physically cut off from almost everyone else because of COVID. Some of us have spent entire lifetimes cut off from groups of people we've never had the nerve or simply taken the time to get to know. We can't go on living this way. The world has become too densely populated and cultural norms have changed too much to imagine that those who want to keep their host of barriers in place are going to be able to do so. I believe our responsibility as Christians is to identify what has caused us to live behind our own personal barriers, some of which we may not even realize we've constructed, and then take the necessary steps to tear them down. Once we've begun to dismantle our own barriers, we can help others do the same until hopefully sometime soon, our horizons will broaden enough that individually and corporately, we will all know where we are and where we need to go. Amen.